What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles. You are watching and listening to Lyles Movie Files. I am he. Joining me as always, the one and only little brother, Jace. How are you? Well, I am we because we're more than three. What? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm good, bro. How are you? I am good. Probably not as good as one Christopher Nolan, as he has made his departure from Warner Brothers, and he's gone over to Universal. He's like, nope, I'm really upset with you guys. You guys did not do what I wanted you to do for Tenet, so I'm leaving. So, nah. Um, there are lots of studios that wanted in on the Nolan business, and they were like, yo, what do we need? Universal was the ones, was the company studio that, that, was, that agreed to everything. So some of those concessions include total creative control, a 100-day theatrical window, a blackout period of three weeks before and three weeks after his film is released. So Universal can't put anything out for, I guess that's six weeks. And he gets a share of uh, first dollar. So he's, it's a pretty good deal for him. And a lot of lot of lot of companies were in on it. So this next film is going to be about Oppenheimer, uh, set in World War II. My interest level is minimum for it, but maybe some cool trailer will will convince me that this is good. What do you think about this deal? Do you think Warner Brothers is going to miss having one of their major cash cows no longer in house? I I'm trying to think. I mean, I I think Warner's was right. They tried to placate him for Tenant, and to lose him based on Tenant kind of sucks. But it's like then we would have delayed the movie for two years. Like if that was your big breaking point, I would just be like, you know what? Go ahead, Universal. You guys paid a king's ransom to get the guy. Enjoy it. I mean, and you and you're gonna have money to burn. But there aren't gonna you. You don't have as furious movies to backstab all your great ideas anymore. Like you're gonna have uh, is it, uh, Chronicles of Riddick in your big movies. You got. I don't know if that's really the way to go. I'm sure their accountants are probably like you guys might have put us out of business. But these, I mean, because it's like the three, the six week window is like we're holding movies. Based on this guy, like, are we insane? Like, yeah, you can promote for three weeks, but it's like, we literally have nothing. I mean, but that was six weeks. We can't do anything. Like, I don't think that's going to work out economically for him. Yeah. Um, I think of everything that was the one I thought was really interesting in his whole, it has to have a hundred day theatrical window. I don't know if, I mean, Universal doesn't have that major a streaming service so for them they're not as motivated to get subscribers to a streaming service like a netflix like a disney or even warner brothers so for his sake i get that for universal it's like sure dude no problem because we don't care anyway I well i mean i'm also looking like i wondered if like are they going to kind of pledge that hundred a theatrical window like, you know how, like, kind of during Oscar season, they'll say, oh, you know, this movie was released this year, but it really isn't 
released until September the following year. I wonder if they're going to be like, no, we're going to put in one art house theater for that hundred days. And that's just basically how we're going to roll. And if he has, you know, if it's non a non-pandemic, nobody will really notice. But if say worst case scenario, it's like, no, we'll, we'll put, we'll do it, but we're, we're going to try and make our business decision to make money for the rest of the company. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that this one is not something that is really, it definitely doesn't sound blockbustery. It's not like, oh man, I can't wait to see what he does with Oppenheimer. That's going to be a great movie. It's going to be so amazing. So I think for Universal, it's a real risk because yeah, you've got Christopher Nolan on there, but Tenet didn't get people to theaters during the pandemic. And it was one of his least highest grossing films since he became this megawatt, megastar director. I don't know if this one is going to turn the tide. So it's like, oh, I'm so glad we got into business with him. I think it's going to be one of those mild 60, 70 million dollar hits. And they'll be like, cool. Yeah, that was that was all right. Didn't he, was he the director? Of, and I know I'm, I could be wrong. Wasn't he? Was he the director of 1917? Uh, yes, he was. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, this is why I'm like thinking of the economic side of this is because some of these movies are blockbusters. They're like casual, like, I mean, you're not talking memento. You're not talking of. Uh, wait, 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 wait. We said 1970. Yeah, it was Dunkirk that he did. Dunkirk. I okay. Where was with that? But yeah. Yeah, but none of it. I mean, these movies aren't kick everything. I mean, unless you put the theatrical window at the middle of August where you're like, we've already got our money. And maybe that's what they're thinking is like, if we, we, we have flexible release dates, we can make sure his movie has enough window. We're not crushing any of our other money generating business yeah. to give him the things he wants. He, he's a September to November uh, release date guy definitely not summer because there's no way that a studio could sacrifice a month and a half during the summer in a non-pandemic with a slow movie like this so i just thought it was interesting i wonder how much warner brothers is going to miss him but also i wonder how much the way warner brothers treated nolan's good friend Zack snyder played a part in all this If, if they they're you know friendly, that might have no, that might have done friends. something. They're not just friendly; they're they're good friends. I mean, because like in the fact, it's like I think the and the out of the out of that side, like when you say total control, it's like that probably is what's like I saw what it maybe I mean Justice League was. I mean, because he's like I've already done a superhero movie. I saw what Justice League could have been. I saw what you guys did to it. Yeah, he's and listed as an executive that, producer on the Zack Snyder version of Justice League, not on the uh, Josh Whedon helpful version. That's helpful. <laughs> helpful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I got I got a couple bad taste jokes to what I could say about that kind of helpful. Let's move on there. Let's not let's not indulge your bad taste for now. So we've got a new Batman movie coming out. You may have heard about it. Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne. 
Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. And Colin Farrell has what he has described as a very brief role as the Penguin. But interestingly enough, HBO DC is planning to do some sort of spinoff on the Penguin. So Colin must have just killed it in this role. But we're going to get a Penguin spinoff, apparently. What is your interest level in a Penguin spinoff movie with no Batman in sight? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. This just, I mean, I, I know sometimes they have the like, oh my gosh, they, they had such a great role and we really got to do something with them. Like, John Cena and Peacemaker, we were like, I can see, and then you saw the movie. Okay, I can understand. There's enough depth there. Penguin's a mobster. I mean, he's a, a, a mobster. Like, I don't know how much legs you can get out of a mobster who's got to be put in a PG-13 world in DC Universe. Or are they trying to make this part of the this doesn't count DC Universe where we can go rated R but then if you have a DC rated R movies that don't count, then you have to also go with the Hey, DC universe where this doesn't count with a Gotham city that doesn't have a Batman, a Batgirl that also doesn't count. Why the hell am I going to want to watch a Penguin series? I think the one idea that could work with this is if they actually include one of the 5 million bat family members so maybe penguins fighting the signal or huntress or i don't know i mean there's there's options i just feel like i don't care at all about a penguin movie if he's not fighting one of the numerous vigilantes vigilantes in gotham but jeff if they have a different huntress that'll confuse people we're trying to do our huntress off uh birds of prey and blah 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 that title so they are doing a Black can- Black Canary spinoff with Journey Smollett. Are you interested in that movie? No, not even slightly. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I did not watch. I, I know you guys are saying, oh, you know, Birds of Prey, yada, yada, you know, Harley. Wasn't that bad. I just don't have that bad a time, even with all the work. I mean, I'm working from home. I still don't want to watch that movie. I just don't care. I didn't want to, when they said Black Mask wasn't actually going to have a Black Mask on it, I was like, yeah, this is stupid. Oh, Huntress and none of them are going to be in costumes or they're going to look like they came out of, you know, the Lululemon catalog, you know, and these are going to be their outfits. Yeah, I'm not caring. It's like, I'm done with it. I mean, it's like, DC, you guys have a small window of my attention and a Black Canary, eh, it's not it. I mean, it's like, nah, just, I don't care. Like, just zero bagel. You know, I feel like I would watch a Mary Elizabeth Weinstead Huntress movie if, big if, they just put her in a costume because she has great physicality. She was in this movie on Netflix that just dropped uh, last Friday called Kate. And she does amazing fisticuffs, shootouts. I could see her shooting a crossbow as needed. I mean, she did that in Birds of Prey. I thought she was fine in the action scenes. 
it just needed a better take on those other characters that Margot Robbie wanted to include to give them a spotlight and give them the potential for spinoffs like we see with Journey Smollett's Black Canary. So to that mission accomplished, I just felt like trying to force Birds of Prey and force Harley into the same movie didn't work. I thought those individual characters worked pretty well for the most part. Um, but I, I watch a Hunter's movie. Maybe if they have her fight Penguin, that could work. But this this version of Penguin, assuming it's the Colin Farrell version, is not part of the same universe as Birds of Prey. It's just such a bad idea. What Batman villain would you watch a spinoff of? If any. I mean, the easy answer is Red Hood, but I'm like... I feel like that's probably I'm, just the way to go. Red Hood probably makes I mean, no sense. I mean, but then, but then we've already... Of course. But, you know, we've already screwed that up with, you know, the Titans. And uh, so... Without Red Hood, I'd probably go with, um, I'd probably go, I would say Batwoman, but that's been taken. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe if I wouldn't say Tim Drake, I would probably no, say. No, 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 you're going the easy route. My question was what Batman villain? Oh, I get Batman villain what I like to see in a spinoff. All right. Um, raises to Batman villains. Weirdly enough, are you? I think they're used very well. Is they're not like season long TV show villains. They're like, all right, here's ninety minute movie. Solve. Go to the next one. I don't think like Joker. Like it, I don't know if you guys see. Like the issue behind me is the three Jokers. Um, I like that series, but. Again, that's Joker. You have to have a quick... I mean, you have to have a resolution. It can't be like four hours long. So if I was to save one, I think it's got to be Two-Face. All right. My yeah. choice... Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Why would you say Two-Face? I, I think you... St- like, everybody who watched like, The Long Halloween knows you got a little bit... You have layers of Two-Face. Two-Face has a little bit more of a personality that we know of before he becomes the bad guy. So you can always kind of go with exploring that. And you can always go with the mobsters, the Gotham City uh, criminals, you know, Arkham Asylums types and go from there without needing technically Batman or one of the Bat families to always be the foil to deal with. My choice is Ra's al Ghul because I think he can work uh, leading the League of Shadows slash Assassins and they don't necessarily need a hero to fight. They can just take down different groups and it can be great. We're one step closer to making this world a better place. Now let's set our set. Let's set our sights on Gotham. I think that could work in that sense where they build up to all these other people, maybe skilled fighters that they take down through the course of the movie and then we ended with them going to Gotham. I think that could work. Um, but yeah, I don't care about most of his villains to the point of watching these psychopaths uh, like Joker 
and learning more so I feel somewhat sympathetic about him. Two-Face is a great choice because you could do flashbacks with him as a lawyer and then maybe he's trying to get justice for people who he defended or prosecuted and then they got killed by mobsters and he goes after them you know with his own perverse sense of justice law and order and fate i think that could work but there's not a lot of the characters on that front on his side maybe a cat woman if we want to call her a villain um but that's about it look jeff i hate to tell you this but ross al ghul was punked out by felicity so it doesn't work anymore. now that doesn't doesn't count so Warner Brothers, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. I was all on my Warner Brothers kick. So Venom, there will be carnage. No, let there be carnage. Is coming out next month. Director Andy Serkis, who you may remember as Gollum and Ulysses Claw, is the director of this film. And he was explaining why the film is a brisk Jeff Lyles attention radar 90 minute runtime. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I would like to know more. I, I can I can give your movie a shot for 90 minutes. He said, listen, we got rid of a bunch of exposition. It wasn't needed. We needed to make it a thrill ride. We're doing that. I'm like, you know what? A Venom Carnage movie doesn't need a lot of dialogue and buildup. Carnage, Cassius, Cassius, Cleedy. What is what is what is Carnage's name? Carnage's what is Carnage's name? Cassis, whatever. Carnage is a psychopath, a serial killer. We don't need to explain anything about him. He's a nut job. Brock is not, and so he'll just go after him. And I'm down with that. We don't need a, a long setup for it. That will work. And I think I'm actually curious enough to go find Venom on demand and watch it to see if I have some thoughts about it. Where are you down with this? Uh, speaking to somebody who does not have Venom, nor do I know anyone who actually owns a copy of Venom to borrow. I did see the trailer of this and I was like, kind of, okay, I'm interested. 90 minutes. Also, it's like, okay, so if it, I mean, and the reason why we say if a movie sucks in 90 minutes, you got you had to pretty much work, but you at least you didn't hold me hostage for two hours. In yep. 90 minutes, Venom, I, I mean, special effects, Carnage, the, the trailer for Carnage looked good. So I'm intrigued. I don't know if I'd be, I don't know if I would go to a movie theater to see it on opening day. I definitely wouldn't go see it on opening day, but I definitely would think about going to see it like, you know, one or Tuesday when I can. Cletus Cassidy. That's Carnage's. Gosh. No wonder. It was, driving me, it was driving me insane. Almost like I'm hearing voices in my head like Venom. All right. So moving along now, back to the wonderful world of Warner Brothers. Um, Mortal Kombat is back on HBO Max. Uh, you can buy it on Blu-ray, which is why it's now back on HBO Max. Um, if you haven't seen it, I thought it was a fun movie. I hated the fact that they came up with a new random character who was unnecessary. There's 72,000 characters in the Mortal Kombat mythos. We didn't need to come up with a new one, but we have one and that's what we've got. So he's there and the good news is Warner Brothers was encouraged by the streaming numbers on HBO Max whatever box office they managed to eke out 
that they want to move ahead with a sequel and not just with one. They want to do sequels and spinoffs. Where are you on this? I am very glad about that. I mean, Cole did try and suck all of the charisma out of that movie. Like, his, like he was Shang Tsung. Like, I mean, like, you know, the, the size of death or whatever those were. I mean, and Bing Goro was just ridiculous. So I'm ridiculous. I'm, like, I spinoffs mean no Cole. I'm happy about that. <laughs> I mean, that's already, you've got, you're talking about a selling point. You've got me there, guys. So what do you think? Um, Sonya Blade and Jax? I mean, that, that has to be one, right? Sonya Blade and Jax. Uh, you got to go get Johnny Cage. Um, I mean, just go with the action that you had in that first seven-minute movie and go from there. Don't go to whatever the heck some of that movie was. Um, I, I, I have to say, if you happen, I don't want to see, you know, I try not to get somebody fired, but if you happen to decide that you need to recast Shang-Chi, no, gosh. It's not what is what is the villain of Mortal Kombat's name? Shang Su, I believe. Shang Su. No, no, no. Yeah, but if you would like to recast him, I would not be opposed to that. But and I and I think like you Don't know, worry. your investments will be safe. Your soul is mine. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> nah, so bust this out. Come on. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think I'm definitely in because uh, I think we were talking when we were talking about it on podcast on LilesMovieFile.com. We were like, it's a good start. It's not perfect. It's a good start. And I think if you just keep the same action level, don't go with the too random a character. And if you've ever played a Mortal Kombat, they got as many people now as Street Fighter. And they got 9,000 people, and you can use some backstory to explain it. I mean, you're good to go. I mean, but yeah, if they just go from that, don't get bogged down too much by story. Just say, guy coming from another world, taking over. We need the best fighters. Great, you know, have one of our spinoff guys get the best fighters, make some random battles, you know, Scorpion, uh, Sub Zero, uh, Smoke, Nobu. Just there's all, so much they can do with this. And it's just like, yeah, there's a ton of potential in this Mortal Kombat universe. And the video games have really good stories. They 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 can literally just use those for spinoffs because they don't have to tie into what they've already established with this first film. I'm excited about what they could do with it. Yeah, what was the what was the two player Mortal Kombat game we played like years ago? Uh, that was a joint with Kung Lao and um, Liu Kang, right? Shaolin yeah, well, you can you can run something like that pretty easy, and it's like it's got a story, so it's not like you have to work really hard. Like Mortal Kombat stories, I mean, as much as we talk about bad video games and movies, it's like all you really there's certain ones like Street Fighter, um, Mortal Kombat, and Resident Evil. Like just follow one of those, and you actually have a franchise. I mean, movie easy franchise, even, I mean, just as well. Yeah. So lots of potential there. And I think if they do it right, get the right people, focus on the right characters, they can do a lot with it and get people excited as they keep building to different tournaments. 
Um, there's, of course, still Shao Kahn left on the roster for the sequel, Villain. Uh, so there's there's a lot. I feel excited about the potential with sequels, maybe more so than I did with the first film because they decided to throw in this random character who had the golden coat of arms. He was, he was bad. It's just, in, I mean, it, I mean it, it's almost like if HBO, it's like Warner's decided they needed to have a character added to Mortal Kombat. They could have came up with a kick. I mean, just like, come up with some reason like this dude is just the baddest dude in the planet like you know son like you know he's bigger than jacks you know marsh i mean you know he's you know he's a crime of god dude whatever you need but don't come up with the dude the armor of gold, gold lame armor and barely nunchucks and have and and make me think he's beating goro it's like just no just stop it that was horrible. We're going to put you at the corner for that one, guys. All right. Speaking of people that deserve to be in the corner, who was your nominee to your brother for Dummy of the Week? All right. All right. My 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 Dummy of the Week is Mr. Uh, Benny, formerly of Jersey Shore fame, and basically everybody of Jersey Shore. I don't know. As much as we talk about how old we are half the time on this show, when it hits your like your reality show was over fifteen years ago at this point, I think, and you're still trying to get that last little drop of money out of MTV that barely even stays on anybody's channel now. The fact that there's a second season of what is the show called? Shot up shot at love. And you had to bring on Jay Wow and Snooky, which most people will probably listen to this podcast. Are like, who are these people? It's time to wrap it up. I'm I'm sure you enjoy that check, but it's time to call, cash your checks and call it a reality TV show. So that is why, Mister Dummy Benny, is my Dummy of the Week. Okay, my nominee for Dummy of the Week is whatever great matter still resides in Vince McMahon's head, because. Gosh. <laughs> Not not for Big E becoming the Red Belt champion. Let's go with that. Red Belt world champion. That was great. Nice to see Big E finally get his moment. But my reason for Vince being the dummy of the week is because he wanted to turn Keith Lee heel. And because Keith Lee can't talk, wink, wink. He, just kidding. He's actually a really good promo guy. They were going to move Adam Cole from NXT to become his manager. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. I mean, like, so anybody, you're just acting like no one watched NXT and saw them, you know. Which clearly doesn't think anybody watches NXT. And I mean, he obviously does. He doesn't watch it. He's like, ooh, what's this guy's name? Also, because there, there's too many, I mean, there's always more than one instance of Vince is losing his mind. Um, Rick Steiner's son is actually part of the NXT 2.0 because they rebranded NXT so you know the clear endpoint from when it was good to whatever this farce is going to be. It's all neon, like it's Florida colors. It's a lot of colors, no more black and gold. Um, but Rick Steiner's son, he was op- he was on the opening of the show, and I was, I, you know, I'll keep up with the behind-the-scenes stuff. He showed up, and I was like, this kid reminds me of Rick Steiner. He's got the singlet, multicolored, you know, like back when they were... 90s Steiner. 
no 90s when they were tag team wearing their super colorful it's 90s y'all every color is valid to put on a singlet and you know one of the commentators is like oh man he's out there like a dog-faced gremlin and i'm like wait a second is, is this guy actually related he is related to the steiners but rick steiner's name is banned from this from the commentators they can't say it because they don't want people to know rick steiner's his dad they put him through the name generator and i think his name is brock barrick or something stupid it's just like why don't you just call this kid rex steiner or something that's his name is or you know the steiners is not the way we say it it's uh it's like rex steiner so you could call him Rex Steiner, call it a day. I mean, they basically have him look like a Steiner brother, but they don't want us to know his dad is is Rick Steiner. Okay, Jeff, does Vince McMahon know about Google? I feel like maybe he's unaware. I think he is still assuming everybody is using AOL to get the free house from in your house. That's my thought. Maybe they're calling the one eight hundred number. Uh, he's not aware of the power of the internet. That's my thinking. Yeah. Meanwhile, I mean, like, AEW is doing great, highly entertaining. Adam Cole's there, back of the elite, doing his thing, and it's like, yeah, I don't blame you for. I, I blame you only for staying around after they gave you that idea, and not just and and not bailing on your boy Kyle O'Reilly at Takeover. And like, sorry, dude, did you hear what they want me to do? I'm out of here. Fair point. Fair point. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think them actually coming up with like an XT two point was like, why are you rebranding a show? I mean, it's just basically telling everybody, yeah, we're gonna make it suck. Yeah. And just fair point, we're gonna make it suck. That show that was actually getting better traction than the show that we said was the better show, we are now decided to kill it, and <laughs> sucks. It sucks. And now everybody knows 2.0 sucks. sucks yeah, right here, that, right that's, here. that's what's going down. So, yeah. Consider yourself warned if you happen to get, get find your remote slipping on a Tuesday night and say, hey, what's this colorful wrestling show? <laughs> Keep going. Is it still on your DVR? For now. But I don't know how much longer that's going to last. You know, DVR space is very valuable in the fall. So <laughs> we'll see. All right. And we will see you next week. Thank you all out there for watching and listening. Little Brother, thanks as always for rolling with me. This episode of Lyle's Movie Files has been filed. <laughs>